0: Fight back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane
1: Brown. There is overwhelming support in the city for separated bike lanes, and the support is coming from all areas of the city. Should this be a priority in all parts of Toronto, I want to hear from you, 416-360-0740, or toll-free 866 740 740 If you were listening to my news this morning here on Zoomer Radio, I was telling you about a new poll sponsored by the David Suzuki Foundation and Cycle Toronto, which reveals 75% of Toronto residents in all areas of the city are in favor of protected bike lanes. Support is highest among those living in the downtown core, but the trend is also seen in the suburbs, including Scarborough, Etobicoke, and North York. So why not get these bike lanes in place as soon as possible? To help us answer that question, City Councilor Stephen Holliday and Jill Penalosa, Gil Penalosa, pardon me, founder and chair of 880 Cities, both join us on the line. Gentlemen, thanks for being here on Zoomer Radio. Hello, Jane. Councillor Holliday, I'm sure, first of all, you are, uh, it's a bit refreshing to talk about something other than the size of council.
2: As a matter of fact, I know you were speaking to Councilor Campbell, and he sits in the office next to me, and I could I could hear him uh, talking about it on the phone.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, it's great to have you both here on Zoomer Radio. Um, bike lanes, a very big issue for this city. Protected bike lanes are a good thing, you have said, provided they're put in the right places. Tell us what you mean by this.
2: Sure. um, I've had this uh, discussion come up at council before. It's something that we consider, and what uh, the city has before it is a palette of options when it comes to bike lanes. We have everything from sharrows, which are those markings on the road to remind drivers and cyclists to share the road, uh, to painted bike lanes, to off-street trails. And then what you could consider the Cadillac, pardon the pun, of all bike lanes is the separated one. Mm-hmm. And that's, that means that there is a, a either a concrete barrier or bollards or some type of delineation between the travel lane of the road and the space for the bicycle users. And that keeps the two modes of transportation separate. They move at different speeds and re- reduce the chances of a collision between the two of them, making it safer for both.
1: Councillor Holliday, so what percentage of the bike lanes in the city would be protected or separated?
2: Yeah, and unfortunately offhand, I, 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 can't, I can't name that off the top of my head, but what I can say is that they're very limited in nature, uh, and they're mostly found in the the downtown core. A good example of that is the Richmond Adelaide bike lanes or the Bloor Street bike lanes. Right. Um, you know, uh, several kilometers in length each run, uh, and they are put uh, on some of the larger arterial roads in the inner city. And you may recall the Bluer Street bike lane was an example of a very vigorous fight over separated bike lanes because in that instance, they had to close the lane that was dedicated for uh, travel and convert it into a bike lane. And that's why that was a controversial discussion.
1: Right. Uh, but that, now that is moving ahead, or at least it's going to be moving ahead for a while, right? Well, that's
2: right. Council, after a one-year pilot project, decided to make it a permanent fixture in the downtown core. And, and, and now the rumor has, has begun about looking at extending it further, uh, either east or west.
1: Okay. Now, Vision Zero uh, arguably has not been a success so far. Um, If you've been following along in the news, then you know that I think it was around $20, $22 million, in addition to what's already going towards it, is uh, going to fund Vision Zero to bring down to zero uh, the number of pedestrian and cyclist uh, injuries, fatalities ultimately. Uh, So in terms of the ongoing road safety efforts, what we're funneling more money into, and what we've been doing. How much of this revolves around these protected bike lanes?
2: Uh, it's only a small uh, part of me. A small part of Vision Zero. Vision Zero was. Um a larger plan, a whole bucket of tools. Anything from improved road markings to changes to the sidewalk configuration, to changes to signals, to the installation of those automated um, flashing warning signs when you're driving too fast, and including some cycling infrastructure. So we had this grand plan of many, many improvements worth millions and millions of dollars to do over a number of years. And what the latest decisions have been on that is to try to accelerate the implementation of that infrastructure at a cost of several million dollars more in recognition that uh, there are problems out there on the road right now with uh,
1: with people getting killed and injured. Mm-hmm. It seems to be quite frequent these days. Uh, if you're listening here on Zoomer Radio and uh, you've got bike lanes in your neighborhood, but they're not separated, they're not Protected. We've got Councillor Holliday on the line. I'm sure he would like to hear your input as well to be able to take these anecdotes uh, to further conversations that he has at Toronto City Hall. According to this poll, 80% of you here in the city of Toronto want protected bike lanes. Let's hear why. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Clay in Ajax. You're outside the city, but you want to weigh in on this conversation. Conversation. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering. Like, so far, uh, my recollection is they've uh, they've invested seventy five million in bike lanes. There are homeless people in Toronto. The people that ride the bicycles are not required to have a license. Which, if they charge, how many how many people are riding bicycles? You figure,
1: Councillor Holiday? Do we know?
2: That's also a very very good question because some of the data that we've been using to make decisions on where to put the bike lanes is really basic stuff. Like, uh, census data or population data or information where schools are and that sort of thing. You know, it's it's funny you brought up the bicycle licensing discussion. It's something that I floated some time ago. It didn't go very far with council, but my argument in that is if you gave a license to people, even if it wasn't for a, any amount of money other than a nominal amount, you'd know where the bike riders are, and maybe you'd know about where they travel in the streets, and it would give you a better idea of where the most important bike lanes need to go, because it's based on the origin and the destination of those travelers. Rather than peppering them all over the place or having a political discussion about where they could go it would be more precise as to where the users need them.
0: That uh, seems like
1: an excellent idea. It
0: make them more accountable if they were licensed? You know, um, they'd be, they might be more apt to follow some of the rules and regulations if they felt they're going to be stopped and ticketed.
2: Yeah, that's another argument uh, I, I had heard. It, it wasn't the emphasis for my drive on that, but you know, I, I think you've raised a valid point. Um, when people are anonymous or, or you know, aren't readily identifiable, sometimes people take more chances or, um, or, or have that feeling that they can get away with things they wouldn't otherwise get away with if you had uh, a name or a number that somebody could, could record or trace to you. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it wasn't the main drive. Uh, there's always opportunity for additional enforcement, and I would say enforcement has to be done to bicycles, to drivers for sure, and what about insurance for these bike riders that run into people? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not an expert on insurance, um, but uh, maybe the larger school of thought is is uh, you want to make sure that people are covered if there's medical injuries in in a catastrophic accident. Okay. Exactly.
0: Anyway, I don't know. It seems to just slip at a wayside. No, anyway, thank that's
1: you. my views anyway. Thanks, Jade. Thanks, Clay. Thanks for calling in. Yes, certainly it is. There are a spider's web of issues around uh, bike lanes and, and cyclists themselves and how they conduct themselves on the roads and how they share the roads with vehicles. Uh, I want to get... Um, Gil Penalosa in on the discussion here. He is the founder and chair of 880 Cities, and he's joining me, Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer, and Councillor and Deputy Mayor Stephen Holliday. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Gil. Gil? Thank you. Yes. Uh, you, how do you see this? I mean, a livable city, the whole idea behind 880 cities is that you're trying to create livable cities for people as young as 8 and as old as 80 and obviously on either side of that as well. How do the protected bike lanes fall into your group's philosophy?
3: Exactly. I'm glad that you asked that way because the issue is not bikeways or not bikeways. The issue is saving lives. And the issue is The city council has not done their job for the last 20 years to protect citizens. The issue, the listeners must have realized that a person riding a bicycle gets hit by a person driving a car every seven hours in Toronto. A person walking every three and a half hours. But today we're talking about cycling. So it's every seven and a half hours a person has reported to the police, not killed but injured enough that is reported to the police. And we knew this twenty years ago, we knew it fifteen years ago, we knew it ten years ago. We know it today. So every person that is hit by a driver where there is no infrastructure is the fault of the Mayor and City Council. Okay. Imagine that you are driving your car and you're getting to an accident. Not against a cyclist, you get into an accident of the car because the road is not safe. Who do you blame? You blame the city because it has a road that is not safe. Okay, the Gil, I want to get. Person a bicycle. I want to get the, the reaction. I want to get
1: the reaction of uh, City Councilor Stephen Holliday. Uh, are, is it true to suggest what Gil is saying that City Council is playing catch up and that for the last twenty years the planning hasn't been there to get the proper infrastructure in place for cyclists and cars to share the road?
2: I think uh, city council is gripping a difficult issue. It's a balancing act. And you know, along with the discussion about, yes, accidents I uh, sorry, collisions, or is the correct word, are catastrophic between a, an automobile and a cyclist. You have to boil back to, well, why is this occurring? And um, a couple of things are happening. There is uh, There are rules all over the road for both automobiles and for cyclists. And when the rules are not followed, that's when you have conflicts, generally speaking. I mean, Lots of things can happen, but, but some of the, the big problems are a result of somebody not obeying their obligation on the road. But why are they doing that? And what I have been finding, and I think most citizens that I speak to, is that drivers are becoming more and more aggressive. And maybe all road users are becoming more and more aggressive in the city about vying for space. And I think that's partly a function of our life and our life becoming more complicated, but it's also a function of congestion. So there are more and more people in the city. There are more people trying to get from point A to point B and trying to squeeze down a roadway. And when you turn the pressure on people, um, they start to take chances that they shouldn't be taking. And unfortunately, when you have a, a, uh, an interaction between a steel motor vehicle and a person on a bike, it's the motor vehicle that might have a scratch, but the person, it could end up being a fatality.
1: Okay, hang in there if you're waiting on the line to get uh, on here on Fight Back. We will get to you. Let's go to Michael, uh, who's actually in his car, hands-free in Toronto, I hope. How are you doing there? Good, Michael. What's What are your thoughts on this topic?
4: Well, you know, if you want to put in some dedicated bike lanes, why not run them alongside the existing uh, railroad right-of-ways, especially the Canadian Pacific one across the city? There's, Lots of room on either side of it, and uh, perhaps the Canadian National Freight Line north of the city, north of Steele's. But to put them on the city streets, I don't know about that. It's just too much of a jar for the uh, city traffic. And moreover, you're saying 75% of people in a recent poll were in favor of these bike lanes. I think that poll is highly suspect. If it's run by David Suzuki and an advocate for bicycling, I can't place any credence whatsoever on those on the uh results of that well
1: sometimes you know sometimes michael it's the way in which the pollsters ask the question this was a random survey of 800 toronto residents but if Uh, you if you if you ask if you ask the question do you agree with the idea of separated bike lanes i think most people would say yes but then you have to pay for them and there's the implementation and then there's a whole other other part of of making it happen
4: well, actually, Jane, you nailed it on the head when you said it's how you ask the questions. You can ask a question in such a manner that it's automatically skewed towards the result you want. And you know that. You're an educated girl. You went to North Toronto. I did. You know? They're uh, smart people there. You think I went know? to North Toronto? I didn't go to North Toronto, but that's fine. <laughs> well, you're smart enough to sound like it. Okay. All right. Well, Anyways, thanks. Thanks. Um, and another thing, too, Rob Ford, go ahead. Cut Metro Council. There's too, more, too many fatheads
1: there. All right, Toronto thank Council. You. Thank Bye. you. Yes, that's an ongoing discussion, Michael. Thanks for calling. Councillor, just hang on. We have to take a quick break, and then we're back uh, to the Toronto taxpayers to see what they think about protected bike lines. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Joining me on Zoomer Radio is Councillor and Deputy Mayor Stephen Holliday. We were talking about the poll that you may have heard about on Zoomer Radio News this morning, that 80% of Toronto residents support building protected bike lanes in all areas of the city. Let's go to Eve in Toronto. Hi, Eve, you're on Zoomer Radio.
5: Hi, thank you for having me um i am a cyclist i'm a pedestrian and i'm a driver and i'm definitely in favor of protected bike lanes
1: and tell us why
5: yeah so i cycle to work it's about a 15 minute uh ride and i'm lucky enough to have bike lanes all the way there and back some are protected bike lanes and some are not and in the lanes that aren't protected i feel like it's more of a suggestion to drivers and I've actually had a number of unsafe even though there's that line there a lot of unsafe uh, incidences and I think the culture in Toronto really has to change where I, th- I feel like all three different types of pedestrian driver and cycles I feel like we don't really know how to interact with each other ah, and that's, that's where a lot of the problems come from
1: that that's a good comment I think a lot of people will agree with you on that Councillor Holiday. so Eve is saying she does feel much more protected and safe in those separated bike lanes
2: Oh well, I I would absolutely agree and understand um uh, she's right they are a superior uh, way to to separate out the two different modes of travel um and you know I guess the my take on the heart of the problem is is uh, knowledge is one thing about it, how to interact with each other, but it just seems drivers and pedestrians and cyclists all alike, all of us, are becoming more and more selfish when it comes to the road because we're more interested in, in, in serving ourselves than interacting with everybody else safely. You know, another example of that is you see people run... Yellow lights and even red lights, and it's about me, 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 me. And uh, you know, I see people in cars pushing the limit, trying to get through that light on time because they're in a hurry. I see people on bikes. I saw it yesterday evening as I was going home. So people ran the yellow light. They should have stopped. And, hey, and we've all seen pedestrians as well, with two seconds ha- flashing on the hand, run across the uh, the uh, the street. And um, maybe everyone just needs to take a collective deep breath and realize that the rules are in place for a reason. is to keep people from getting killed.
1: Eve, where would you like to see the protected bike lanes, uh, given your experience of driving in both?
5: I feel like along the major routes and busy roads, like... Um Bloor street is now protected and that's really great. Uh, but college, um, for at least where I'm biking is not, and it gets, it can get pretty dangerous in morning traffic, especially when you have drivers. I feel like coming probably from GTA that doesn't have a lot of experience driving with cyclists, Mm -hmm. maybe stopping in the bike lane and then causing a cyclist to have to swerve or go into traffic
1: and then around. Okay. Well, thank you very much for calling. You're a first time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Let's go to John in Brampton. John, your perspective on separated bike lanes. Go ahead.
6: I, I think it's an absolute necessity. Uh, you know, we we, we we can't go with the NDP philosophy of changing human nature. That's not going to happen. It never has and it never will. Uh, bicycles um, and cars just don't mix. I don't know what it's going to take for people... To be, who are in a position to make a decision, I don't know what it's going to take for them to make that decision. You have to have them. But let's put a little bit back on the, on the, uh, on the, on the bicyclists as well. Bicycles should be licensed, and they should, be, they should carry insurance. You know, uh, uh, until that happens, you, know, you get kind of a, kamikazes out there who, who you know, make their own rules, go their own way, and they probably don't get hit very often because they're quick, they're nimble. Uh, but then the rest of the bicycling public may not be quite that nimble. Uh, they take the same chances they're going to end up dead. Okay, but again, John. maybe maybe with the changes coming up at City Hall, maybe someone will finally accept the obvious that we can't have two in the same I'm in the same way it just doesn't work
1: Okay, John. Thanks for your call, uh, yep. Deputy Mayor. Ab- about that, I mean, it's all well and good for us to say, and certainly uh, this poll is being reflected by what our callers are saying as well. Everyone thinks separated bike lanes are a good idea, but what is this? Does this poll go anywhere? Do these calls that you're hearing do they go anywhere? How do we move forward with uh, the idea of protecting more people on the roads? Well, it is a struggle, and it's uh,
2: there is no easy answer, or we would have done it as a council. I can assure you of that. If we could simply drop in a protected lane here and there to make this work better, we would. But it's always about trading off. And a prime example, and one of the arguments that I had when I uh, pushed against the Bloor Street bike lanes, was that the east west connections in this city are very, very limited. So I live out in Etobicoke, I go into the city. Uh, And I have very, very few options left. Otherwise, I face tremendous congestion. So the the notion of making all of the major arteries downtown um, into separated car and bike conduits means that you have to close lanes down. And that reduces the mobility of people that live outside of the inner core of the city. And I have concerns about that. I I think that that will begin to wedge things between the suburbs and the inner core, and people will feel as though it's very difficult to access the city unless you're on an expressway and be lucky if it's operating smoothly, or you must take transit, which is the way that I travel into the city, but it's not practical for everybody. So how do you balance all of this out? And I think council has been adding some separated bike lanes on some selected routes, but I don't think it's practical to put them on all of the routes or we just won't have a city that you can travel in, out, and through.
1: People are passionate about this topic. Our lines are jammed on separated bike lanes. Uh, just a couple of minutes left here. Let's go to Joyce in Scarborough. Hi, Joyce. Go ahead.
5: Hi, Jane. Okay. I live in Scarborough. They had these um, bike lanes marked on Birch Mountain, I think also on Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. What happens in the wintertime? And guess what? I never saw any people, um, anyone using those bike lanes and the cost of it. Even before all of it was wasted in the winter time, well, what did the bikers do? Uh, go go on top of the snow? No, I. And the cost, like this, is it the cost on ordinary seniors? It's phenomenal. It's
1: too much. Okay, uh, Joyce, for, forget it. All right. Thank you for your opinion. Let's go to Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Go ahead.
3: Okay, I've been cycling this city forty-two years, all mm-hmm. uh, twelve months of the year what you I have no problem with bike lanes. I think they're a good idea. However, choices bike lanes are making sure the road is smooth between the curb and the uh road so that as a bike you don't have to go into ruts trying to duck a car, you know, there's too many places where the street is not well-maintained.
1: Okay, well, that's a good That's good to know. Thank you for your call, Stephen. Let's go to Maria in Toronto before we wrap up with Counselor Holiday. Uh, you'll, have the, you'll have the final word. I,
6: bicycle, I walk, I drive the car. Uh-huh. What's a so big idea now about the bicycle? Insurance and registered? How about the children? They ride bikes on the street. Do they have to get insurance and registered? Come on, get off the topic and have a life, you know, this is becoming so absurd.
1: Well, I think Thank you uh, for you uh-huh. listening to me. Okay, Maria. Uh, Councillor Holiday, I mean, if we were, it seems to be a non-starter at City Hall uh, bicycle licenses, but I, I suppose if we were to go in that direction, it would be for people of a certain age, not small children. Right. I mean,
2: that was part of the proposal. And, you know, there's various, various layers on how you could approach bicycle licensing, but my view had always been if we could learn a little bit more about exactly where the cyclists are and how they travel through this city, we could make far better decision making. And one of the other vectors about knowing who the cyclists are is that there are ways to target uh, um, those groups and those communities with things like better education on, uh, on road safety. Um, On understanding where they're seeing issues with the the quality of the infrastructure, just like the the previous caller talked about, um, not very smooth roads or ruts or things that are safety issues or accessibility issues. Understanding that the cycling community better and understanding the numbers behind them um, only makes for a better city.
1: And Councillor, once we get through this election, and it sounds like there will be a lot of drama leading up to it, uh, wherever we go from here, and if you are re-elected, uh, do you see this as part of, of your personal advocacy on council, moving forward with some sort of plan to get a cohesive uh, cycling network in this city?
2: Well, we do have a, an excellent plan forward. Um, what is important to me is as each of those pieces of the plan roll out that we consult each of the individual communities that are affected. Um, That would include the road users, include the businesses and residents that would see the changes in front of their properties, and make these decisions one by one in a way that everyone feels confident that we've reached the right decision. So it's uh, it's not so much about rushing out to, to build something for the sake of building it. It's making the right decisions as we go along. Uh, and ensuring that we've got the money in place, we've got the, uh, the, the professionals and the experienced people in place that know how to design things that
1: work and uh, move the bar forward each time. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Toronto's Deputy Mayor and City Councilor Stephen Holliday.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.